Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton. I'm Connor from the House of L. And I'm James, Superman Red from the Krypton Report. Hey James, so we have a special guest today. Uh, James has been on the show before for our uh, Superman the Movie review. Which was fun and long and angry, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for coming on James. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And uh, today, the main event will be Action Comics 13 by Grant Morrison. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about some Superman news first, which I'll quickly Google right now because I forgot to. Uh, let's see. And there is nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> Again. Well, the only news out there is Bendis saying Clark's going to reveal himself again. Ah, uh, yeah, actually, that that is news. You should talk about that. Um, so, yeah, Bendis is... I mean, I don't know if it's Bendis. It feels like it's more editorial, and they got Bendis to do it. Um, right. Because DC Editorial is good at making stupid decisions. They seem to have forgotten that they did this five years ago. In Action Comics, I believe. Or was it Superman? Uh, I think I heard it was Action. It was I'm both. I'm not that far yet into my New 52 um, reading. Yeah, it was called Truth. And see, I really enjoyed New 52 up until that story. It wasn't that his identity got revealed. I just thought the characters just acted completely different. You didn't feel like Superman, and it had editorial written all over it, so... But some people liked it, um... So I'll be curious what you think when you get up to it, but, uh... Yeah, so they're doing it again, and... Have you read the interview with Bendis, where he kind of explains... Why? Uh, no, I did not. I have only gotten to see... Uh, I, I haven't had the chance to read the interview. Yeah, well, he, he pretty much says... That this was planned, like, as soon as he was brought on... But they wanted him to tell some Superman stories first to establish his uh, quote-unquote street cred, I guess. Um, mm. And which means they lied to us <laughs> um, about why Bendis came on. In fact, uh, Michael Bailey from Fierce and the Long Boss, Long Boxer, he he posted a big rant about how he's uh, cancelled his Superman subscriptions because he's not going to bother buying books from people who like directly lie to him and. Uh, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a pretty interesting read. I can understand his uh, point. Um, but, yeah. So, but, like, the logic Bendis is using is there's so many stories you can tell if he doesn't have a secret identity. And I agree with that, but I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think it's a cheap sales gimmick. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on on what kind of story Bendis can tell um, yeah. when he doesn't have a, a secret identity. Uh, I mean, hasn't he done that over at Marvel? Yeah. Like, uh, at least. Uh, I'm trying to think. I just heard somebody on another podcast, Geek History Lesson, and... Um, yeah, he did it with Daredevil. That's who I thought. Um, but I, Well, I've read that Daredevil run, and it was actually really good. 
and I mean, he's a different kind of character, but he, they do he have is, similarities. Yeah. You know, with heightened senses and things like that, there are similarities in in like powers and stuff. But yeah, um, how is Superman and Alien not going to have his secret identity? And yeah, it. Mm. I, I'm gonna. I'm obviously gonna see what what's going to happen, what it's about. Um, so I haven't seen how they did it in action, but I know that that didn't last very long. Mm. It was later in the new 52 and yeah. And, and then they were moving towards rebirth and yeah, they and, undid it with a uh, reborn, I think. Um, but like rebirth Superman obviously had a secret identity cause he was a, Different Superman, alternate reality, absolute mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like. Yeah, fifth dimension and yeah, mix just mixy and yeah, just. It was crazy story. Lots of stuff I heard. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, but, it was it was but, crazy, but you know, Jurgens can't pull a fifth dimension like Morrison can, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, Morrison probably thinks in, like, the fifth dimension. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's probably true. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess... Yeah, so I... Like, because it, it really worked with his Daredevil, but they're different characters, and it happened to Superman recently. I don't know if it needs to happen to Superman again. Like, I think they're just trying to boost sales, and it's like, well, you know how you boost sales? Get a good writer on there. Yeah. You know, I, I'd take Scott Snyder. He did really well with Unchained. I'd put him on a Superman book. Um, I do like Unchained. Well, yeah. <clears throat> not sure what he's got going on after, as he as he's moving forward. Because oh, his last night will be finished, and yeah. uh, then he's supposed to be off Batman for a while. He's got Justice League, but have you been reading Justice League? I have. I'm a couple of issues behind. Is it any good? Or? Um, it's really, really good. Yeah. It really is good, but it, it's it's humongous. So since he took over on issue one, basically the story has continued to grow. So it's like gotten ever larger right. um, since issue one, and they're somewhere in the mid 30s now. Yeah. Um, maybe even a few issues farther but uh the story keeps getting bigger and bigger and uh it's nice because it's always it always seems more like the uh justice league is on the losing end the entire time yeah the majority of the run so you know they're all um they're all dealing with a lot it makes it it makes it compelling all right yeah Because, yeah, I've, I've just heard mixed things about it. Some people love it, some people... You know, but I guess I heard some people were saying that towards the start of the run that it wasn't really worth picking up, but maybe I'll catch up right. on well, it at some point. I like, uh, I like Snyder's run on Justice League so far. I like yeah. the one book I did read all of in the New 52 was uh, Justice League. That's the one book that I followed throughout the entirety of New 52. Yeah. But so I'm working my way around a bunch of others. Yeah. And every time I hit an event, I kind uh, of like go, I kind of read everything 
connected to that event, all the tie-ins and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of tie-ins in, there in, is in 52. Too many. Uh, but once once you get outside of like the Hell on Earth stuff, most of the events just take place across all the Superman books. So like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and uh, all right. they had stuff. Doomed and they had Convergence. I own Doomed. I have the I have the uh, the trade. It's a pretty okay. thick book. Have you read it? Oh yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Um, for the most part, I enjoyed the concept of yeah. you know even part even even the what what he did to doomsday killed him ripped him apart the like part of him can't be destroyed yeah and and of course him being kryptonian and it, it infected him so yeah uh it, it was a compelling use of of doomsday it was a nice change from you know the past so he had a lot of a um, an inner struggle, like yeah. trying to defeat Doomsday in his head, trying to take over. And then <laughs> when he got to unleash him on Brainiac, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I. But well, then I, it just kind of seems like, well, after he unleashes, like he kind of burns out the beast and and like takes back control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do like how crazy it gets with, mm-hmm. with Brainiac and how absurdly big Brainiac's ship is, um, like bigger than the planet. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, Superman, do- uh, Superman doomed is he gets to he gets to demolish that yeah. ship. I I, just, I I remember one part really made me laugh. You know how he was always having the inner dialogue with Doomsday in his head. Mm-hmm. And, like, at one point, he's like, I should go back to Earth, and Doomsday's, like, gives him the thumbs up. And he's like, it sounds like a good idea, pal. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, also, another part of some other news. Oh, my God. There is no rip for Titans Episode 8 yet. Yeah. <sighs> After a long no. other means to get it, and it's been like two days, and no one's uploaded it, uh, which is really no, that's, annoying. That is, um, I feel for you. Uh, yeah. I do because I watched it yesterday when it was released here, and Jericho, the episode Jericho, is really good. Yeah, I just what they just and, and they release don't, it, <laughs> right? And and not to be spoiler, you you obviously re, um, noted uh, it's going to be a a flashback episode. Yeah. What's really nice is they don't spend time, they don't waste t- time on having, say like Dick Grayson sit everybody down and say this is how it went down. It basically goes into and it is just that okay. time. Cool. So they they don't waste any time. So they get all of it from beginning to end. In the in the flashback, like so, this episode is you got you got last week's reveal. This episode is boom, all flashback, and then they'll, I'm sure they'll probably address once everybody knows what happened. And it was a really good episode. Yeah, can't they wait. Finally had they finally had a little bit of costumes. They had some action, Deathstroke in action again, which is great. Yeah, they just. 
like they really got to release it overseas. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I still don't. I I still don't get it after a, a year. It's not available outside of North America yet. Yeah, they're, they're like there's a lot of people that would pay for it, me included. <laughs> mm-hmm. We want to give you our money, but you're saying no. Screw you. Um, yeah. So that's how um, I'm catching up on all of my new 52 reading. Yeah. You know, just yeah. go by the. You can even switch it to like when you go to comics, you can even switch it to New 52. Just set it to that, and all the books that came out at that time that are connected to the New 52 and that quite quite aren't that like kept going through before. And but it yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all the yeah. You can narrow it down because there's thousands. You can narrow it down to a specific era, so. It does make it a bit easier for searching, but there's improvements and that can be made. And the fact that, yeah, it's not widespread yet. Like it, it's kind of like a DC comparison to Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. When it comes to the comics, they're 12 months behind. So everything that comes out is from one year ago. Yeah. But they are consistently adding stuff all the time and it's, I enjoy reading a lot on DC Universe, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it sounds handy. <laughs> um, uh, so, I guess, uh, in other news, you've heard about this whole 5G thing, I'm assuming? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, uh, I'll start off with the stupidity of the new timeline. I'm annoyed that they're making Wonder Woman the first hero, especially after Dan Didio kept saying how important it was that Superman's the first hero. Now all of a sudden, oh no, Wonder Woman's the first hero because, you know, gotta have that movie synergy because she had a successful movie, so. Yeah. Um, right. I preferred um, when, uh, like before, in like uh, post crisis, when Superman wasn't the first hero and it was a JSA, we had Green Lantern Alan Scott be the first hero, which I really liked. But yeah. Anyway. Right. Um, I did hear about that. The um, the the compelling thing about like setting a timeline and that time elapses for these characters. So like depending on what time bracket you set it in like they have an age and time progresses as opposed to potentially you know all happening within the span of you know whatever 5 to 12 years or something of the majority of all comics um, and then they and then they kind of do a reset um, the passage of time is one thing that they had done really well on Young Justice I mean it works for a it works for a show because you have a set and a linear timeline you can use. So to have the continuity and, and that in the comics, that's going to be a massive undertaking. But the potential stories when it comes to that could be pretty good. you got to have good writers, and, and it's all about good writing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't think a timeline's going to fix any of their problems. Uh, they just seem to be flailing right now. Like, in fact, the timeline's probably just going to add more confusion in terms of continuity. Yeah. 
uh, like, yeah. Well, are you caught up on Doomsday Clock? No. I haven't even okay. started Doomsday Clock. Yet. Oh, no? I'm wait- okay, well, the final issue will be coming out, or is supposed to be coming out this December, so... That's, wow. that's tentatively <laughs> what we can see for issue number 12. Yeah. Because um, I'm waiting till it's all out to right read it, so. Yeah. Well, when it's done, I'm going to reread it. Yeah. Read it from issue one. Because um, there's a lot of really good storytelling and characters involved, and then just kind of the way some of the reveals of the last couple of episodes or episodes issues kind of would lend itself to more of like the future of DC as a chronological timeline. Okay. So just a connection, you know, kind of something that they said they had said that doomsday clock would change, change DC. And that could be like something that they had in mind and had alluded to and has taken the last (laughs) couple of years to build. Yeah. It's taken a while. Um, so that's that's an issue. That's an issue they could have start decided on doing back when they launched Rebirth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, and it, yeah. it could have been something in the works, and I mean, we all just hope for good stories. Pretty much. So, see, see what they can see what what framework they can give us, and then tell good stories. You know. Yeah. Um, so another thing that's coming with this timeline in 5G is apparently uh, Jonathan Kent's going to be the new Superman. Uh, you know, who knows how long that will last, though. But, like, I mean, if he becomes the new Superman, I'm just, I'm not going to buy Superman books because, you know, Superman's Clark Kent. Right. You know, uh, right. I, I don't, like, I understand exploring Superman as a dad and stuff, but Jonathan, John Kent himself, I don't find compelling, uh, you know. Well, they just introduced him and he was a child and now he's, now he's in his upper teens and then he's about to, like, age up again and he's going to yeah. be in his twenties and he's going to become Superman. So it's like, it's all rushed. You skip the majority. Yeah, it's you. It's rushed. It you skip the majority of his life. You know, there is really good storytelling that um, Tomasi had done on Super Sons. Um, I, I've read a couple of trades of that, and I haven't gotten to any of the uh, Adventures of the Super Sons, the the twelve issue that just wrapped up a few months ago, within the last few months. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're from what I've understood, they've all been really good. And then they go, you know, part of Bendis's run here, they age him up from a 10 year old to a 16, 17 year old. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, the, yeah. The one thing that I do kind of like about this and maybe there, maybe it's part of, you know, like we were talking, they were talking about the, the timeline, but, uh, you know, in the past, Superman, Superboy has gone to the future and they've inspired and he's inspired the the Legion. It's kind of cool to have in this time with John Kent that 
he that he is the inspiration for the legion mm. and and he's going forward in the legion book uh coming out soon because the second issue just came out of the basically like the prelude to um the new legion book yeah and john's going to the future to be with the legion so that's one book that since i knew that john was going to be Superboy was going to be rolling over into it. I picked up those two issues, and I'll be seeing where Legion goes with Superboy in the future. Yeah. So. Because yeah, I I guess I just don't understand like why John Kent is the inspiration for the Legion. Because yeah, we haven't really seen him do that much. Like he formed the well, he helped form the Galactic UN and everything, but you know, Superman's done a lot more. Yeah. I mean, general. I mean, generally speaking, when it comes to law and stuff in the future and peaceful coexistence, I mean, that would be something that would be heavily remembered, you know, mo- moving forward mm. in the future. A creator of an organization like that, and then they know more about his future. Yeah, so. they do. I guess I just feel like I don't know. Just taking. It, it's always been weird. Just the um the. Clark Kent Superboy. Um, yeah. Where, where he was Superboy at a young age and then he goes forward in time to the Legion and stuff. So it kind of nice to see like he just grew up and he became Superman and then his son who is Superboy is the inspiration and gets to go forward in time. And yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice way of, of changing it up. I think it works well. Yeah. From from the way it originally was, I mean, I guess I'll have to wait to be sold, see what they do with it, because it just kind of feels like they're taking one character's stuff and just giving it to another, which I've never really been a fan of. Um, but I mean, like the Legion is in this this run we're covering today, actually not in this issue, but um, you know, I figured he can always just serve as an inspiration for them as Superman. It doesn't have to be Superman, right? Uh, you know, at the end of this run, you know, they had the whole museum to Superman and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I would prefer, honestly, I would prefer, like, uh, Connor, not me, uh, Superboy Connor, to take up <laughs> yeah. the mantle of Superman, because we've had that character for longer, and I think he's really interesting, and I would, like, seeing him have a stint as Superman for a year, I would definitely read. I think that has, like, a lot of potential for storytelling, seeing him try to take up the mantle, but absolutely. Um, you remember the the Titan book? Um, it was a cro- it was a crossover of Super Sons and what well, Super Superman or action, and then the Titans when when Tim Drake was Batman and he became Savior, and that future version of the Justice League had. Connell as Superman. Okay. And uh, that actually came from another story told back, I believe, in Johns' run. I couldn't tell you the issue right now. Yeah. But uh, I was, I enjoyed what I saw, and I definitely want to figure out which issue that was um, alluding to back in Johns' run of Titans, and go check that out. That would be a compelling yeah. group being told Tim Drake's Batman. Um, Connell, Superman, and uh, there was a couple others. Bart, I believe, was the Flash. Yeah. 
And I, I know there was a, a new, a new wonder woman, which Ooh. whichever one it was, I, I can't be sure. Yeah. Whichever wonder girl it was. Um, that, yeah, that would I haven't be a nice it. group of stories to, t- to tell. It, it would be. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as it stands, uh, I, yeah, I don't really have any interest in reading as John as Superman. Uh, and I'm not, like, I know you do, but I'm sure a lot of fans, like, I'm sure there's a sizable chunk of fans that wouldn't. So I'm not really sure how this is going to help their sales, if that's what they're trying to do. Um, I can agree with that. Um, you know, it's a lot of people, like... It's not Superman. Um, Lucius Fox is going to be Batman. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah. The uh, I know somebody else is supposed to be uh, Wonder Woman or the Flash. Like they're changing. They're changing identities of people right now. And the especially with Batman, like Luke Fox, really. What what happened to all the Robins? <laughs> you know, all the possible yeah. successes of Batman. Uh, like people would people would read a temporary stint of like you know, Tim uh Tim or like uh Damien as Batman. You know, uh, Dick as Batman was well received while he was around, but Luke Fox. Uh, um, you know, I know it's the Batman community from what I've seen isn't happy with the news. Um, uh, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of positive on, on the matter. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, m- moving on from all that. So we, we have our, uh, new releases that we'll talk about briefly. I'll do a quick brief review of action comics, 1016, uh, useless issue as nothing that the last issue didn't, uh, it sucked. Moving on. <laughs> um, I will say Bendis started off well in Action Comics for the first six issues, and ever since after that, it's all been downhill. So, yeah. It's quite a similar pattern when it actually comes to Action and um, Superman. Yeah, the same. introduced kind of a big deal in the first six issues, then it backs off a little bit, starts telling another part of the story, that person kind of pops in and out and then you know now here in the future like they just dealt with Rogelzar and I mean the art in those issues were amazing yeah the the battles and stuff was amazing but you know it just kind of happens and then in action Red Cloud she's just back bigger than ever and like it's a, it's a pattern the way the stories have developed on both sides of of Bendis yeah. and Superman. Like the Rogelzar Jorel stuff they briefly mentioned. Oh, Jorel created Rogelzar. Oh, Rogelzar's Kryptonian, but they don't tell us anything. And then Jorel dies. And I'm like, did I miss a book here? And Rogelzar is in stasis on Thanagar or something. So. Yeah, apparently all <laughs> of that. Good. I was just, apparently all that backstory was revealed in Supergirl, so they just didn't tell us that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the plot that Bender set up as, like, being the most important thing ever, and he ends up ditching it, and it just happens in Supergirl, so, because he wants to talk about John, and then, yeah, who knows, 
and the last issue of Action Comics is really bad as well, because it was just him pushing his new character. Um, yeah, Naomi. Naomi. Yeah, it felt really Which weird. I haven't read any of her books. I heard they were good, but I haven't read any of her books. Just it felt so forced. She just like the issues about her out of nowhere, and then in the last couple of pages, Superman's like, "All oh, right, I have a main plot that I should do," and he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, action is bad. It's bad right now. I hope it gets better. Uh, and then we have the Batman Superman three. Which was better, much better than Action 116. Uh, this series has been good so far. I wasn't a bigger fan of this issue as I was the previous two, though. Um, yeah, the first two were were actually really good. Um, this one, it it kind of goes a in a um, predictable yeah. route. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sick of this Batman who laughs is 15 steps ahead of everyone all the time. It's like I get it, he's planner, he's Bruce Wayne, but man, like because it, it has the reveal at the end, they go to the Fortress of Solitude and then ooh, he's infiltrated it. But it didn't surprise me. I was just grown. I'm like, oh, of course he infiltrated it because he's 15 steps ahead. Yep. You know, sent somebody along who was already. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he just, yeah. you know, he he's guessed there. Yeah, he's guessed everybody's moves. Um, the ending though is actually quite interesting because that is a tie-in to Justice League because there was oh, a really? point where, yeah, there was a point in the run where the Batman who laughs um, interacts with Lex Luthor and the um, the Legion of Doom, and then uh, I forget exactly what happened. But then they had the um, the Batman Who Laughs uh, miniseries. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, I read that. Then, I, then it leads into this, and and that's how this goes. And now it's kind of intersecting, coming back around to Justice League, or at least happening at the same time, because um, that symbol in the sky is, is the symbol for doom. Oh. Um, with the with the totality. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard there's a lot of Lex stuff happening in Justice League. Um, oh yeah, it, it's gotten huge. I mean, you know that they broke the source wall. Um, I read No Justice. Yeah. Yeah. And they Dark broke Knight's the source metal. wall, and then and then from that, it's like the source wall was the barrier, like protecting. Yeah. The universe for the from the rest of the multiverse, and then it just kind of the creators of the multiverse, and keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, lots of planning on both sides. Just uh, with the Legion of Doom, Lex Luthor. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and and they've they're really giving the Justice League a run for their money. Yeah. Yeah. So, which it. And I've been reading a lot of these Year of the Villain one-shots as well. Um, now, like, Swift has Powers of Martian Bantamter, and I'm just kind of rolling with it. Um, but, you know, I know that they're hyping up a Lex versus Batman Who Laughs, and I hope Lex curb stomps the Batman Who Laughs into oblivion, because <laughs> I find him kind of annoying. <laughs> well, what's crazy is he actually did curb stomp the Batman Who Laughs on a tombstone. 
oh. in in the Batman Who Laughs storyline, and he's still he's still kicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not really sold on like I think the Batman Who Laughs is fun and kind of like goofy, but I'm not really sold on him as like a super serious character. Uh, he's just hard to take seriously. Like, ooh, Batman is the Joker. Just like, um, I mean, like, just reading the Batman Who Laughs uh, story, mini by Scott Snyder, I just took, thought it took itself way too seriously, but, um, like, you know, it's just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they want you to... They want you to believe that the way he is doing it, you know, he is he is one of the best Batman in the multiverse or in the dark multiverse and then and then he's that much equally bad the Joker from the Dark Multiverse. Yeah. So that much more horrible, you know. So that you know, making it kind of like a serious thing and, and a serious threat. Yeah. But the the smile and the mask and stuff like some artists it looks really creepy other artists it's just like yeah i yeah i'm just i'm not a fan of batman as like a cosmic on a cosmic level i just prefer if he sticks to street level mostly um right you know like i wasn't i wasn't a fan of dark side war where he got the chair and everything and still, well, that's certainly the only thing that he could do when it oh. comes to the gods and all their powers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, but, like, it, you know, I think they could figure out better ways to do it. I don't know. Um, he, he, I just think he works best when he's on street level, you know? Or yeah, he does. Like this I mean, it's what, the, JL, the JLA, Morrison's JLA, where he was, what, Bat God or something? Yeah, I haven't read that yet. Um, I think I think that's what I've I haven't read it. Uh, it's one one I want to go back to read. I've heard a lot of good talk about that run of yeah. JLA, and uh, so I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, but I, I believe that's what I've heard. Where where like the idea of Bat God comes from? Yeah, all it the wouldn't humongous, surprise me. Yeah, all the humongous and terrible threats that these basic gods are dealing with, and. Yeah, and he's got the plan. He's he's can do anything. I'm interested because it's an aspect of Batman's character that I kind of hate, but I'm interested to see if Morrison can pull it off because he is one of my favorite writers. So, um, I guess I guess we'll see when I read that. Uh, next up, we have Superman smashes the clan. Uh, I was really looking forward to this. I'm a big fan of Golden Age Superman, and I gotta say, I was pretty disappointed. Uh, what did you think? Um, well, from the, from the story it tells and the, the time period, um, I, I've only read, you know, some of the early classics, uh, Superman, Golden Age Superman. Yeah. Like, uh, so I haven't, I haven't delved very heavily into the Bronze Age of comics. So the, the things I know about the character and then just the, uh, the story about the racial divide. Yeah. Um, especially having uh, an Asian family involved here in the U.S. at that time, right after um, yeah. World War Two. Yeah, and that that was all in the original radio serial as well. Um, 
which is good. I just thought, I thought like the artwork and I don't know, I, I just thought the whole thing was kind of bland. It didn't have any personality for me. I was bored while I was reading it. Uh, you know, yeah, like I think I didn't like the art style. And you know, like the golden age is bursting with personality and I just, I didn't get any personality from this book. You know, like I'll read the next two to see if it picks up, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm hoping it does pick up. Yeah. There, there's a couple of things here. Um, you know, a couple of things here that are good about Superman. Uh, uh, some of the racial issues they touch upon is, is, um, um, I thought they did it well. Yeah. And yeah. the art style is, is okay to me. I'm trying to pick out kind of where the art style comes from because it's, it's not all anime, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. There there's some there's some ups and some downs. There there was a point there was a point where it, it slowed down, but then it doesn't stay that way the whole time. So there's some ups and yeah. downs throughout the book. I would say read it and, you know, see what you think out there, but Oh, definitely. I'd say read and judge think, for yourself. I think there's, I think there's, yeah, I think there's stuff to appreciate with the book, and I, I'm looking to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't really see much positives. I, there, there was a couple of Easter eggs I liked though. How I think he picks up a book at one point and he sees like a scary alien on the cover, and that's like the exact pose that the reign of the Superman story was in like 1933, which is like. Uh, Jerry Siegel and Schuster's bald sort of Superman villain. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was just bored. Um, okay. So, you know, I mean, I, I want to check out the original radio show, though. But um, yeah. Right. And it's not huge, you know. It's not going to take up a whole lot of your time. So. No. Um, yeah. So, uh, next we had... Oh, no, that was it. Yeah. Uh, do I have any other Smashes the Clan notes? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, I also, another thing that just kind of annoyed me was how Clark Kent had the spit curl. That just struck me as odd. But, you know, that, that was like, that's like a minor complaint. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, he looks the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, the author oh, Gene. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, the author Gene. I haven't been a fan of his Superman stuff in general, but Superman's characterization in this is fine. He's not really in it like heaps, but uh, you know, from what he was in it, he is fine. I hope he's in it more in the upcoming issues. Uh, but um, yeah. So I guess uh, Batman Superman three. I'll give like a six out of ten. Six Batman Who Laughs out of ten. What about you? Um, Batman Superman. Um, just just because of uh, you know, a couple of connections that have been made with this, with the character, Batman Who Laughs. Um, I, I give it. I probably give it about a seven. 
They didn't la- they didn't linger very long on the fact that Gordon was infected and that Batman found out. Yeah. Yeah. So, which I think was one of the more interesting parts of the book, honestly. Um yeah, so Action Comics 1016, I'm going to give that like th- uh Yeah, uh you know what, a 2. <laughs> 2 out of 10. I I didn't like it. I thought it was crap. Um, I'm really hoping it picks up. And, yeah, uh, the, I mean, the entire issue is, and I've read most of it, like three quarters of it, yeah. so I'm not finished. You know, the majority of the entire issue of the book is is told from bystanders' point of view, um, just discussing what happened. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of words on just people's what people saw and what and yeah. what they took away instead of actually progressing the story. It's literally all the people saying, you know, the little bit of stuff that happens, a lot of, a lot of wasted space to tell oh, yeah, definitely. the story that could have taken up seven pages of this issue. And you could have told so much more story with the other 14. Yeah. Um, now Superman smashes a clan, uh, I am going to rate this issue. Uh, what am I going to rate it out of? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll just give it two out of ten. I was not. I was just bored. I there was it didn't offend me. There's nothing I hated. I just I felt it was very bland. I'll keep reading, but uh, yeah, I'm not impressed with the first issue. Um, I mean, I'm I'm so so on it. You know, just some of the stuff. So. I mean, mid-level there, you know, like yeah, 5.5. Um, yeah. You know, nothing that was like, oh, I'm not going to read anymore, but enough where, you know, I want to see what happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now on to our main event. So, as this is our spooky Halloween special... I chose, and, and yes, for the record, everyone listening, Australia doesn't officially do Halloween. Some of us do, some of us don't. Some people are really cranky about it, but I'm doing it because I like horror. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Action Comics 13 is what we're covering, and it is titled The Return of the Phantom King. So... We're going to fly up north to the North Pole, get away from this disgusting hot weather in Australia. and It's Halloween yes. in the Fortress of Solitude. So let's get up there. Up, up, and away! Long ago... The mad Dr. Zardu was found guilty by the K-Council of Krypton for having unleashed the horror of the living death upon the planet's citizens by performing forbidden experiments in suspended animation. Therefore, suspended animation was banned, even as a means of punishing criminals. This required the Council to develop an entirely new kind of punishment, the Phantom Zone. Zardu would have to stay there for the next 20 years, when he would be, when he would at last be allowed to plea his case for release. At the time, his sentence of total physical dematerialization was passed. Zardu turned to Jor-El and promised to visit vengeance upon him and his family once he escapes. Coldly, Jor-El warned that there would be no escaping the Phantom Zone. 
20 years later, on the day that would have been Zardu's first parole hearing, Krypton exploded. With the help of Professor Ray Palmer, Superman has finally completed a catalogue of all the artifacts he has salvaged and de-shrunk from the bottle of the city of Kandor. When a report of anomalous weather patterns comes in, he prepares to leave for the South Pacific until he hears a strange sound within the Fortress of Solitude. Searching, he is soon horrified by the image of a burning man within a mirror, who proclaims that Kal-El has been judged from beyond the grave. No sooner has he seen it, and it is gone. He examines a certain piece of equipment that he recovered from Kandor, but was never sure of how it worked. He is surprised to find its screen cracked and large paw prints in the image projected on it. He suddenly feels as though someone is behind him, but when he turns, the intruder activates the machine, and Superman finds his old traps in the Phantom Zone. Tormented by those criminals who had been imprisoned there for far longer than their original sentences were meant to be. As Zardu revels in his freedom, he looks on Kandor with contempt and determines they are vulnerable to his living death, and that he will make them the first members of his army of living super zombies. Ignoring the cries of betrayal from those left in the Phantom Zone, he watches the multitude of screens on the fortress's computers and realizes the side of the world he has escaped into. Garel is dead, Krypton is dead, and Zardu is alive. In the Phantom Zone, Superman soon finds himself in the center of a congregation of angry Kryptonian convicts, all of whom remember the son of Jor-El and are full of hatred for him. This brings to mind some of his earliest memories of life on Krypton, just before its destruction. One of the prisoners had found a way to reach through the Phantom Zone portal and the dog Crypto had bitten the criminal's hand and was consequently yanked in along with it. Realizing Crypto must still be there, he lets out a sharp, high-frequency whistle which brings Crypto running to his side. Despite this, Superman can't see any of those attacking him, but as he struggles with them, he feels a pair of goggles against his fingers and tears them off his assailant's face. Peering through them, he realizes that they allow the Phantom's owners to see one another. He watches as Crypto defends another prisoner against the others, and introduces himself to the man who explains that he is a stranger, wink wink, to the Phantom Zone, and was imprisoned there after investigating a haunting in Metropolis. As it happens, this was no haunting, but rather it was the prisoners of the Phantom Zone conspiring to escape to Earth. A successful mission so far, as Zardu is now free. The Stranger explains that if Superman can use the Zone to steal control of Zardu's suit, he can open the Phantom Zone portal and let himself out. He will, however, have to leave Crypto behind. Superman swears he will find a way to bring the dog home with him, and as Zardu takes his first steps outside, he feels his thoughts shifting. It feels as though the best in man will triumph over the worst, that good will triumph over evil. These are Superman's thoughts, and as he takes control of the suit and displaces Zardu back into the zone. The Stranger and Crypto hold off the Phantom Zone as while Superman steps closer and closer to the Phantom Zone's projector's controls. Slamming his fist down on them, Superman's earthly body is expelled from the Phantom Zone, landing on the floor of the fortress in front of the cracked screen. Kal-El had promised to save his dog, and taking the remains of Zardu's hand, reaching into it with the Phantom Zone, he grabs hold of Crypto's collar and yanks him into the real world. Unfortunately, the dog is weak and dying. Desperately, Superman wraps his friend up in his cape and flies with all haste to outer space, where the light of the sun can wash over him unimpeded. The radiation of the yellow sun returns to the dog's strength, and Kal-El is reunited with his canine companion at last. Later, though, Zardu receives a visit from a mysterious stranger, who recruits him into his anti-Superman army. So, that was it for the main story of Action Comics 13. We will be covering the backup as well. 
uh, which sort of uh, blends in with this issue, but we'll cover that after we talk about this particular part of the issue. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've been Mr. Negative Pants for this podcast, but I love this issue, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's it's a great book. Um, it's told very well um, in in a um, Halloween type fashion, you know. Yeah. Uh, not 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 necessarily horror, but yeah, you know, kind of like a thriller type uh, style. Yeah, it's a bit spooky. Like I love the you mm-hmm. know the way he sets it up. Like you know, it's Halloween on Krypton, even though they don't celebrate Halloween. It's like the night where you know the Barriers yeah, between say, worlds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, but if Halloween is the night when the door between the seen and unseen world opens wide, then that night was Halloween on Krypton. Yeah. I mean, the the prose is fantastic. It sets the mood so well, and mm-hmm. you know that uh, the, I got to call out uh, the artwork by Travel Foreman as well was fantastic in this issue, uh, especially that opening page of Krypton. Uh, you know, the, the sort of red storm that's happening, the, you know, very, uh, sort of Richard Donner-esque Phantom Zone proceedings, uh, all the art in this issue is great. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, honestly, I would take, like, I'd take it over Rags Morales' usual art in this run. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, let's, um, like I like the way that the the Phantom Zone, um, being a phantom in the Phantom Zone is is perceived. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh. Like being a phantom in the world surrounded by things you can't see, feel, smell. Yeah. Um. You know, but all all the while knowing that, like every everybody like. You're a phantom in the world, and nobody can see you. Nobody knows you're there. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's obviously a horrible punishment. Like it just completely dematerializes you. Essentially, you're just a wandering thought form that can't see or feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, a lot of the people they looked in there were super geniuses, so they still managed to get their hands on stuff and make suits and hands and invent things like super villains. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, super villains always find a find way. Find a way, yeah. Uh, Say, uh, that's what Zadu tells, um, tells Jor-El. You said it yourself when you defeated the multitude's uh, invasion of Krypton. There's always a way, Jor-El. Jor-El says not this time, but he was wrong. Yep, he was wrong. He found a way. Um, so they created goggles that allow you to see in the Phantom Zone, so somehow they got tech. Yeah, yeah, and he created the suit in the Phantom Zone as well. Yeah, um, to materialize his Phantom self. <laughs> which is created using ectotech, which I, I'm assuming it's like a reference to ectoplasm. You know, like the stuff ghosts allegedly leave behind. Right. So, like, he created that suit, you know, out of ghosts. Like, it's created out of, like, stuff from the Phantom Zone, which is why, obviously, Superman can interact with it. Because it's not really of our world. Uh, and I love how it's pretty much a pure battle of wills between Superman and Zadu. Uh, as yeah, Superman they're, takes they're a, just, yeah, being thought form, as you put it. Um, yeah, that's they, it. There's no, 
there's no physical strength, physical embodiment of anything going on. Yeah, and of course, when he takes the suit, Zadu just falls into the Phantom Zone because the suit was keeping him in the real world. So, uh, yeah, I love how this story is like, it's a Halloween story, it's a revenge story, it's a ghost story, and it's also a story about a boy and his dog. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Like, I love how it, it all really melds together in this little perfect package. Um, and I, I love how, like, Zadu nearly starts the zombie apocalypse on Krypton. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that's what, like, the living death is. I kind of got that vibe. Especially when he talks yeah. about making everyone in Kandor super zombies. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. This, the opening sequence in Krypton is stunning. Uh, and then everything in the fortress. Like, I just love the artwork. And I love how it has stuff like the Titanic and everything back in the fortress as well. You know, because he had all these crazy possessions in the fortress and the Silver Age and stuff. And uh, I like the design of the fortress at this point as well, like the kind of globe with the crystal yeah, like spikes. A dome, yeah, right? like a giant dome. I, I don't like when it's just the Richard Donner movie fortress. <clears throat> yeah, um, kind of seems even though you got all them spires, it kind of seems pretty exposed. Yeah, you know, just. You can walk in any direction. Yeah. You know, I like this fortress. And I also like the Silver Age fortress where you had, you know, the giant key to right. get in and stuff. And it was like his clubhouse uh, for him. And, uh, you know, oh, I just, I can't gush enough about this artwork. Guys, uh, in case you haven't yeah, this noticed. Panel, yeah, this panel with the fortress and it was, it says it was Halloween in the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. It's an amazing look. Yeah, Superman at like, the fortress on the top of the world. It's a perfect setup too. You know, Superman's walking around and he just goes, "Huh?" It's like I heard something. Replay ambient noise, and then you know, it was Halloween in the Fortress of Solitude. You know, we have Superman you, you in a put ghost that story. As your, you put that as your yeah, cover photo. I did. Um, yeah. On <laughs> on Facebook on the Facebook page, was, I knew I'd seen yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah, it's our cover photo. It'll stay there until the end of Halloween, probably. Um, yeah, and like, you know, we have super, it like, it starts off as kind of like a ghost revenge story and Superman stuck in this, you know, ghost story. And we have like the zombie thing on fire or you've been judged. And man, it's just, uh, like, just the silence, the way the paneling's done, the iso- the feel of isolation, you know, uh, it's just done so well. And I love when he looks right. into the Phantom Zone. Like, I love the way the Phantom Zone's done. This is drawn beautifully, despite being like a zone of nothing. Um, yeah, pretty much. But you have some of those ice formations in there, but, uh, you know, because the Phantom which Zone's was, kind of... Which was semi-reminiscent of, you know, beyond the ice things, the, the ice platforms, uh, the... Yeah. This interpretation of the Phantom Zone was reminiscent of what they used on Krypton when Sega uh, was in the yeah. Phantom Zone. Yeah. At the beginning of season two. Good spot, actually. Um, didn't notice that. Yeah, kind of ethereal. Yeah. And, like still attached to the real world, but not there. Like, yeah. like how Zod hears him and he sees him and yeah. And it yeah. was outside of time and. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, this, this, and I like how the kind of the Phantom Zone is developing as people are like living there now. 
so they're kind of making like a weird home of it. <laughs> right. Um, like they're in like the like the beings, all the all the sentience there is is kind of shaping yeah. into a, into a place. Yeah. The consciousness is shaping the the reality. Yeah. No, you know, then you have Superman getting trapped in the Phantom Zone. And you obviously have all these Easter eggs from all these old Silver Age Kryptonians, and then the obvious, you know, Jaxor, Ursa, Zod. Uh, well, I mean, Zod doesn't name drop, but he says Neil before. Who else is that going to be? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you uh, what do you think of Zardu's design? So Zardu's actually a villain from the Silver Age, a kind of obscure one, but he's been brought back now, and he's been turned into this kind of Phantom King villain. Uh, how do you how do you feel about Zardu as a villain, his design and stuff? Um, I mean, it's, you know, the, the fire in the head and stuff. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what all that's quite about, you know, the fire that's all around his head, but the fact that, um, you know, he's kind of wrapped up, like bandaged up like and, a mummy. and he, yeah. And he's got like the gauntlets and everything. Like he has to have something in to contain his, his ethereal form. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's it's cool, you know. It makes sense. Um, kind of seems like a mummy, like he's somebody from beyond the grave. Because, yeah. I mean, he is basically a walking ghost. Yeah. So beyond, like I said, so beyond the fire, I don't know why he's got fire around his head or something, but I think it's like gas or something. I think it's like residue from like his ethereal form or the Phantom Zone. Yeah, something, something from the from His, the ethereal yeah. plane interacting physically with something on the yeah, how ethereal the, plane as it is. The old like monster movies, they come out, there'd be like mist everywhere surrounding them. I think it's kind of like that. He's always got this sort of trail of mist and fog kind of following him. Nah, um, makes sense, and it would it fits for a Halloween story. Yeah. For a, uh, a, a, like I said, a walking ghost. Yeah, I think um, I think he's the best villain to come for Superman to come out of the New Fifty Two. Uh, in fact, I think he's one of like the better villains that's been created recently. Um, like you know. So like, I know they dealt with him a little bit in Doomed because they, yeah. they had entered the Phantom Zone at some point there. And the Phantom King was there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. He was in Dooms. Um, he popped yeah, up they, in... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was saying they, they dealt with him. He was only in, I think, one issue. They dealt with the Phantom Zone, so... Yeah. Um, and they dealt with more uh, some other characters at the time, so it wasn't just him and... Yeah. I, I believe they, they he's popped up in Supergirl's on. He's also popped up post-Rebirth. Um, he was in the Cursed Comics Cavalcade Superman Horror Special. Um, okay. It, it was a horror anthology issue, and the Superman story, he was in bed with Lois and he gets, like, sleep paralysis. And it turns mm. out it's uh, Zadu has escaped again and he's, like, messing with him. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I hadn't start, started picking up every single issue until, um, Action 1000 came out, and then I've been keeping up on every issue yeah. there. So, um, I, yeah. I'm kind of doing some 
my reading is kind of like some new 52 and then um, move forward into rebirth, you know, kind of seeing where, cause, cause they rebirth came right out of the new 52. They didn't change anything. They just started to, it's a really um, jarring transition get back to some of the, some of the previous yeah. things that had happened, you know, um, it's, expanding it, the timeline again. It's a very jarring transition from new 52 to rebirth Superman. Um, I wasn't a fan of the transition at all. Uh, but, you know, they've kind of fixed that with Reborn and merging New 52 and Rebirth Superman. I had heard Superman. the early stuff of Rebirth Superman was good under Jurgens and uh, Tomasi, I believe. Yeah, see, I, I can't stand the Jurgens Rebirth Superman. I I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you'll you'll... When you read it, it'll be interesting because well, you'll been be coming on off since Bendis, so I'll be get I'll be getting there, yeah. Yeah, you'll be coming off like uh, it's just it really disrespects New Fifty Two Superman, Jurgens action run like. Oh I f- okay. I feel like people who really enjoyed it, they really love Post Crisis and Rebirth Superman, but if you like New Fifty Two Superman, then I think you're gonna be annoyed mm. because he kind of just yeah. Um, I do. I do like New 52 Superman. I haven't gotten gotten anything that's really, um, you know, out of the ordinary. You know, they they had gotten Superman up to this, like, such a nice persona type deal that, um, you know, in a lot of other versions, early comics uh, for a long time, um, animation, uh, Henry Cavill's Man of Steel, like, He's still a guy, and he still has, um, when when somebody wrongs him or or you know he has attitude like putting down ultimatums for what he thinks right, you know. Yeah. Forget the bat. I mean, come on, it's. <laughs> like yeah, I love yeah, New Fifty Two Superman. I mean, he he's still Superman. He doesn't uh-huh. feel like a different character. He he's younger, but like what I like about him is kind of what I like with Golden Age Superman as well. Is he just he doesn't take crap from villains. <laughs> You know, right? Uh, like he's he's not what I call like a huge hothead or anything, but he's like, hey, you know, shape up or. And, but you know, then with Rebirth, uh, you have the other Superman coming in, and he, like the Tomasi Superman title is fine. I don't like it, but that's because it's not really my thing. Mm. Um, with like Super Sons and stuff, but it's fine. Is the the Jergens like? I don't think Jergens. Is a fantastic writer. Like he's been attached to some really big Superman stuff, but he's always been attached with other writers like Jerry Ordway, um, uh, Louis Simonson, and I think they're better. Uh, he's just, yeah. I mean, the villains he comes like he's Cyborg Superman. That's a good villain, but like that's the only good villain he's come up with. You look at his other villains like Blunk and Spooky Person with a blue flame head. Um, like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll be interested to see what you think once you get there. Uh, yeah, cause I, I really enjoyed all the new 52 Superman, then I got to truth and it became really depressing and then rebirth and I was just mad. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of a rough transition for it, you there. And it's all editorial, man. It's all editorial that's messing with it. Um, you know, like, which is just makes it that much worse because it's like, yeah, the character doesn't deserve it, he doesn't deserve the way he's being treated, but editorial is saying, no, this has to happen. So, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, moving on. You know, Z- I love Zadu storming around like a big creepy mummy horror villain, uh, <laughs> spouting out evil speeches, and he was going to raise super zombies and stuff, and you know, trash the world, and he's melting the statue of Jor-El. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you know, Superman being trapped in the Phantom Zone is good. So this uh, crypto biting. Zadu's hands and getting pulled into the Phantom Zone. That happened in Action Comics 5. There was like a full-on flashback of Superman getting sent away from Krypton as it blew up. And uh, that happened just before he got sent off in the rocket. You know, which is better than what happened to Krypton in the animated series where he just fought on the planet with everyone else. But uh, Yeah. And, you know, I love all like the evil gog, like the goggles... And Superman just takes one. <laughs> right. And, like, I love it. Everyone here is so, like, evil. They all look like mad scientist supervillains. It's great. Right. I like the little transition when he uh, puts the goggles on. Yeah. Puts it over one eye, and you can actually see his eye. It's not just this... Yeah, this I didn't white. notice that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the art is really strong here. And, uh... And they're like, oh, you can see, you can see his eye, and, yeah... Yeah, and uh, th- we have a, a kind of cameo of sorts. Not really a cameo, it plays a supporting role, but we have the Phantom Stranger show up, uh, who in the New 52, and I don't know if it's still there, but like he's definitely Judas. Yeah. Uh, Judas Iscarot, because he talks about taking silver and betraying the gold, and uh, you know they, they sort of chose that origin for him. Because um, he's a character that usually has... like. Pick whatever of four origins you like, because he doesn't have a definitive one. But in this, he's sort of definitively Judas, which I don't mind, you know? Yeah, they gave, um, they gave Phantom Stranger, they gave, um, um, what was the character's name? She, it was, she was Pandora. Pandora, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there was somebody else, I forget who they were. Um, all betrayers in, in history. Yeah, the Trinity um, of Sin. Yeah, yeah, in uh, part of in the Trinity War, and I know they were around at other points too. And Pandora did nothing wrong, as well. Ah. Like she, she like briefly touched this thing on the ground and it opened, and then she got condemned to like a, living eternally and stuff, which is pretty harsh, I think. Um, yeah, that, they they point well, that out. That yeah, that Wizards Council. I mean, it's still, you know. Guided by people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they have their own ways of believing and their own judgment. So, yeah, that was definitely a harsh one because they, they did make it make it out to be like it was an accident. But for for that accident, you know, you're still yeah. condemned for all of eternity. Yeah. Um. Uh, I love, like, I just, again, I love, like, the way it's written here. You know, voices were recorded in an empty room, speaking no ethnic language, voices of scientists, maniacs, ghosts of a dead planet. I love the idea that the Phantom Stranger was, like, investigating a haunting, and he just gets pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> in this random room, right. like, uh... Yeah, you It's know. pretty wild, though, that, uh... With his abilities, he can enter the Phantom Zone and yeah. leave the Phantom Zone and, like... Even, oh, even that realm is not not barred to him. He's very powerful. Like, um, 
I'm not sure if he's Spectre level, but he's up there, that's for sure. Uh, but he is kind of trapped here. You got, uh, you know, a bunch of ghosts, uh, just <laughs> came and gangbusted him and tied him up. <laughs> well, not ghosts, uh, Superman calls them convicts, but he calls them vengeful ghosts. Yeah. You know, cause, uh, I really like this sort of, you know, behind, like he's very mystic. And this is the first meeting between them, I suppose, uh, which I like. Uh, and I just, I like the Phantom Stranger. He's cool. And I love when he shows up in Superman. It's always a nice treat. And, you know, him showing up in a horror, like a Halloween story, it's perfect. Uh, right. And you figure out who he is once he puts his hat and cloak on as well. Which is kind of a big It's funny. Boy. His eyes don't change, though. He's always yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. And, you know, man, I just, like, everyone should read this issue because I can only describe so many times how good the artwork is on, like, every single panel. <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it really is. Uh, for for the multitude of the disembodied ghosts, yeah. the phantoms that are um, drawn in the background. and Yeah, and I love, as Superman, you know, he takes the suit like they from Like, look Zadu. intangible. <laughs> And, like, there's just a brawl going on in the back between the Phantom Stranger and Crypto and all the uh, criminals. Like, they're just holding them off as Superman walks towards... You know, he's, he's powering the suit by will, just walking towards the projector, which is great. And, you know, the weird... That that panel of Crypto just sitting in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Poor dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just waiting. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, there's a whole nice sequence and uh, of taking Crypto up to the sun. And I love how he just throws Crypto, and I love the way Crypto's silhouette is against the sun. It's just such a nice image. It's weird as well, like this sort of dog curled up, um, you know, in space, like getting warm from the sun. Kind of like a fetus, maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah. Basically uh, reborn. Yeah. yeah kind of like a, kind of like a, what well, you might, might suspect like a dog, like a puppy fetus would be. Yeah. And you know, it's the really nice ending. Superman's reunited with his dog. Well, Crypto's been in the Phantom Zone for, for, uh, yeah. 30, you know, uh, somewhere 25, 30 years. Yeah. Long time. And of course Which we have is. the... Oh yeah, it's a long time for a dog. But you know, as we'll find out, it wasn't all bad, I suppose, as we get into the backup after this. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we have, you know, our villain for the run recruiting Zardu in the Phantom Zone at the end. Which is sort of a tie into the rest of the run. Um, this is probably like... Uh, I think there's like a couple of issues in this run that can be read standalone, and this is one of them. But other than that, the run is, like, very connected. And even this issue is pretty connected to the other issues. Yeah, with with um, this, with these, this, uh, final page. Yeah. Uh, before the backup story. Yeah, that right there connects it to the overall, uh, the overall run. And th this whole issue is important to the run as well, because elements from it pop up again and stuff, um... But yeah, so I'll get to, I'll do the backup. The uh, synopsis of the backup is much shorter, thankfully. <laughs> so yeah. this is the backup story by Sholly Fish. 
I believe that's how you pronounce it, and Brad Walker. Um, I can't... Sholly Fisher's backups in this run are pretty much as good as the main fe- feature, like, which is impressive, because it's Grant Morrison, but, like, the, these are fantastic backup stories in every issue of Action Comics, and they go really well with the main stories, too, um, I just want to point out. But, uh, and the art is still really good. Oh, yeah. In fact, the, I feel like the art's even better in these backups sometimes than the main book. Uh, There's more detail because of the um, of uh, the physical bodies. Yeah. Whereas in in the um, in the forward, the main part of the story, there's a lot more of the uh, phantoms and um, yeah. the ethereal plane. So there's just like a lot of colors in the background, and and the characters are basically all white um, with shades of blue and black for yeah. uh, definition, but. I think the art's just as good for these two, but uh, in some of the other issues, like the Rags Morales, like I like Rags Morales, but I think the backup issues have stronger art than his in some of them. Um, but this issue, like the art's fantastic on both fronts, and they're both very different as well. You know, as you said, like one's sort of like disembodied, and it's a bit of like a ghost story, and this one's not, you know, really a ghost story. Uh, yeah, yeah. The back part, there's there's so much of of being in the ghostly realm where whereas this one this this part takes place in the in the real world but has a a ghost in it and and it looks like a ghost yeah you know so they both take place in a in a a different reality a different realm yeah this is kind of from the ghost point of view uh, this is a synopsis for a boy and his dog. Long ago on Krypton, Jarell created a dog for his infant son Kal-el. As soon as they saw each other, the two were inseparable. Once though, as Krypton began to collapse, Jarell and his family watched as someone tried to escape the Phantom Zone. An arm reached through the portal, groping for Jarell's child, and Krypto leaped up and closed his jaws around the arm to protect the boy. The dog was then dragged through the portal, and Kal-el watched his best friend disappear. As a phantom, Crypto followed Kal-El all the way to Earth, and as he sped away from the Doom planet Krypton in his rocket, uh, though Kal-El not, could not see him, he stood by his charge, even as he stood much older at the graves of his adopted parents. Crypto had followed him next to Metropolis and fought beside him when he became Superman, although he could do little to help as a phantom. At night, while Kal-El slept, the dog would watch over him, and the boy, now a man, would dream good dreams. So, uh, this is a really great backup. Uh, you know, I love how at the end, like they sort of touch upon when the world, when the walls between worlds are at their thinnest. You know, that was the time the dog loved best, and it kind of ties back to the main issue as well. How it's all about, you know, Halloween night and yeah. the world being closest. But in this, it's like shown as a good thing <clears throat> because that means Crypto's closer to his, uh, you know, best buddy. Mhm. Yeah, it's a lovely little backup. Um, you know, like, yeah, it tugs at it tugs at the heartstrings right right away. You know, yeah, he gets his dog and he's real happy, and the dog sacrifices and protects, and then the dog follows him and is with him his entire life through happiness and sadness and yeah, he's got his back and I love, he loves like, him every night. And that that part where he's on the park bench like as a ghost dog watching over you that was actually in a previous issue as well 
and I guess this kind of answers that question of what the hell is this person talking about, <laughs> a ghost dog. But uh, oh, nice. Yeah, um, and I, I love the montage of like Crypto's trying to attack Brainiac and stuff, and he's just going through him, just trying to protect him. And like Crypto can't see, he can probably just sense these threats. Right. You know, and just like he senses his master. Um, and uh, uh, obviously the shot's really great out of Crypto's following the rocket from Krypton. I really liked that. Yeah, it, it's a really nice heartwarming story, especially if you had a dog as well, because dogs are the best. <laughs> you know, that's all I can say. I love dogs. Um, you know, it's a nice comforting little story. It's a really nice backup to the main issue. And yeah. yeah, it fits really well. It's connected very well, and it's and it's a happy ending to um, to a story that had a lot a lot going for it. Yeah, ultimately with a happy ending, um, him saving Crypto and getting his dog back. But now you kind of get to see it from um, the dog's perspective. Yeah, you get like Clark's perspective. If he even remembers having crypto from from a baby, yeah, um, and then you get it from like crypto's um, perspective, being right up, being right beside him all yeah. those years. Yeah, and this is um, yeah, uh, uh, like this is like the new origin for crypto, and it's still the current origin for crypto. Um, and I much prefer this origin. Of crypto being trapped in the fan zone protecting Cal, then Jarrell just sends him off on a test rocket. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, right. You know, I think this origin's better, and it's much more heartwarming too. Uh, and this is obvious. This is like the new design for crypto at the time as well. It's more definitely more of like a sort of wolf kind of. Des- well, I don't want to say wolf, but you know, um, I looks. He looks a little more like. Uh more like a, a wolf hybrid, yeah. you know? He does. And, like, it, I guess if Jarrell created him to, like, guard his son, it makes sense. Um, I mean, I like this design. Uh, Crypto's back to his old design now, but uh, don't let that confuse you because they're still the same dog. So, <laughs> like, this I Crypto... I would prefer this design. Yeah, I wish they you just know, stuck with it. big, strong dog. Like, like he is. Especially given this crypto's origin. Um, but, you know, uh, so if you see the new crypto, it's the same dog as it is in this story. So just, yeah, not to, <laughs> it just changes appearance. Um, but, uh, up to artists too, but yeah, yeah the, it should, it should still be this. The one kind of thing I don't like about this backup though is how Jarrell creates like, he imprints the strand that'll create an unbreakable bond. You know, I feel like it's a dog. The bond will already be there with Cal. You know, I don't think they really need to add that little part. You know, because, you know, I've had dogs, and you don't need to, like, imprint genetic strands on them to make them loyal. You know what I mean? All right. Um, but it's a minor nitpick. You know, so... uh yeah, I absolutely loved this issue, and I love the backup. It's fantastic. It all ties together really nicely. Um, I 
pretty much have no complaints. I mean, initially I was like, how did Zadu get out of the Phantom Zone? But then I'm just like, well, the exact science doesn't really matter. He obviously just built this suit and then walked out via the suit. Um, so, you know, yeah. Like, on a, on a, on another reread, it, it all just fits together for me, you know? Um, it's perfectly right. a story. What are your thoughts? Um, it's... It's a great story. Um, I every single panel, yeah, uh, both stories forward and backwards. Uh, the art is great. Like you said, the prose, the way it's set up, the way it's told, isolation, creepiness, spooky, yeah. ghost story. Um, I mean, this it's like this is like a ten out of ten issue. Um, um, it's really good. Um, it's written very well, art very well, good story. Um, Good, both good stories. They tie together perfectly. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a great it's a great issue. Yeah. Um. I I will. Uh. Let's actually. I'm not a big fan of the cover. I gotta say, just the way his face is drawn. What do you think? Uh. Let me go back to the cover here. I'm on my I'm on my computer. <laughs> got DC Universe on there. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, looks like he's got a big old mole or something in the middle of his yeah. forehead. Um, <laughs> it seems a bit weird. Say, was it the variant cover you had on the, uh, on the Facebook page on the discussion thread? With the Phantom Stranger? Yeah. Yeah, I put that cover up as well because it's much better um, and it looks good. And he's like tied up in chains and you have the Phantom Stranger in the background. Yeah. Uh, I believe Rags Morales did that cover. Uh, the variant is much better. Yeah. Um, although I, I do like the return of the Phantom King sort of horror style logo on the main cover. Right. Um, but yeah, like it's a good cover. I just think Superman's face is just drawn weird. I mean, it does. Yeah, that's about the only thing. I mean, the rest of the cover is good. You know, it's got like all the, all the shadows, like Phantom hands. Uh, you got, um, Zadu's hand, his glove there, and then yeah. Crypto's collar. So, I mean, it kind of gives you... And then, like, the phantom projector in the back. Like, it gives you a lot of the whole issue on the cover. It really does. But, yeah, the face is just a little... Yeah. It's a little off. Now, do you have those really obnoxious arrow banners on your covers? Um... There's like a big ad for Arrow at the top of the. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, it's on the digital oh, cover. Oh man, they th- why <laughs> that that just ruins the covers. Like, you know, these covers are crafted, you know, probably painstakingly by artists, and then they just slap this thing that doesn't even jive with the rest of the color. Completely different color scheme. It clashes with it, and they just whack it at the top. <laughs> so it's just yeah. Like, oh. They they did that with Aquaman recently as well, which is really oh, annoying. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was like a big Aquaman banner at the top of every cover, and it's like, man, just put ads in the comic. Don't right. Don't slap them on the cover. Um, yeah. I mean, with this with this uh, year of the villain, you know, I mean, they've got their head. Yeah, that's happening too. But the, that, yeah. You know, that's a header for the for everything that's involved within the story. Yeah. Um, within the event, it's not quite. It's not an ad like yeah. <laughs> like the arrow there. No. Um, but, uh, so a couple of. So I forgot to mention. Uh, this issue is dedicated to Ray Bradbury, who was a, a 
sci-fi author and a Superman fan as well. Uh, he didn't write any Superman, but he did uh, write a couple of things about Superman and uh, I'm guessing maybe some of the science in here or is like dedicated to him. Some of the... Because I haven't read Ray Bradbury's stories, but maybe this has a few nods in it to his stories. Okay. Um, and uh, so this whole run goes through like the different years of Superman. It starts off in the Golden Age. It goes to Silver Age, then Bronze, and kind of ends up modern with like the death of Superman and stuff. But uh, this issue is like in the Bronze Age section of it. But this is actually a very Silver Age story, like a very Silver Age story. Um, so it's you know a fun fact for you. Various eras of Superman people out there. Like, the Phantom Zone works nearly exactly like this in the Silver Age. Um, I think it only really changed with, like, the Richard Donner movies. Hmm, okay. Yeah, but this is... And then is... they did something new in Smallville with it, and... Yeah. But th- this is how it worked originally, is, like, it essentially they were disembodied and wandering the Earth, unable to, like, interact properly with anything... Because um, it was it was a different dimension. It wasn't like a specific place. You know what I mean? It was just right. like a different dimension in the same sort of space. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, a totally different like yeah dimension like frequency. Um, it'd be interesting like the Phantom Zone. Like they're all on Krypton, and when it explodes, like do they just all follow Kal El, or do they just, <laughs> do they wander? Wander the galaxies in their phantom body. I think they follow the ship. Probably I think the ship leaves the residue or something, um, and they kind of follow it to Earth. And the the projectors also on Earth as well, so maybe they're tied to like oh, right. where they, they got sent in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they can move fast. I mean, Crypto was chasing that rocket, so <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, uh, we have some feedback, but before we go into that, uh, we'll give our ratings for the issue. So, did you want to go first? Let's rate it, uh, Phantom Zones out of 10. Um, I, I give that issue a 10 Phantom Zones out of 10. Awesome. Nice. Um, yeah. I said, it's a great, it's a great story. It runs, it starts right away. Um, it keeps going. It holds your attention. Great art. Great story, great, um, great prose setup. Uh, the feeling being a Halloween story, yeah, yeah, works really well. Yeah, um, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this nine Phantom Zones out of ten. I'd probably give it eight point five objectively, but I enjoyed it that much. And as my listeners know, nine is an extremely high rating from me. Um. I've only rated a couple of things a nine, one of them being the, I believe, the Superman Swamp Thing, Alan Moore story. So, yeah, I love this issue. Kind of mirror what James said. Uh, just, you know, the artwork, the way everything came together uh, was fantastic, pretty much perfect. So, yeah. All right, I'll get the feedback up. So, we have a chunk of feedback from Ray. So let's get to his Batman Superman 3 feedback. Let's, I'm just coming up to it. Uh, okay. Blah, 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 blah. 
Okay. So I just read Batman, Superman 2 and 3. Really enjoying it. The only thing I don't like is how Superman is treated like an underling to Batman. Sure, Batman is a great strategist, but doesn't Superman think on Superman on super speed as well? He never really backs Superman's plan. He dismisses his suggestions. He's a cocky bastard. Uh, Batman says, I've got to start thinking like Superman. Uh, hello, he's right next to you. Let it, let Superman come up with something. <laughs> Again, Superman is just a second fiddle and summed up by the Batman who laughs saying, Superman has always been my most powerful weapon. But I am enjoying the series. It's fun and the art is gorgeous. And the Shazam fight was cool as well. I also liked how Gordon was infected, and I love this technique of writing in Who Are the Six Chosen? It makes it speculating on who it will be a fun part of reading the series. Um, yeah, I agree. Batman's a jerk. <laughs> you know, he doesn't doesn't take... I mean, with Superman being an underling, like, I mean, it's called Batman Superman, but the bad guy is a Batman villain. So it's more of a Batman story than a Superman story. Right. But yeah. Um, I, I like how he I like how he gave him um he gave him credit for yeah. for thinking. Um you know, for for having a good mind. Yeah. And um Yeah, I think this this series has actually shown Clark be smart. Which is something they often avoid in Batman Superman team ups, that Clark is actually a really smart person. And, you know, very intelligent. Uh, but, you know, he'll never be as smart as Batman, and especially in a team up with the two. Because if he's smarter than Batman, then, you know. Well, no... I mean, in different, in different yeah. iterations, like, he's smarter than him in a, in a knowledgeable sense. But um, you know, Batman definitely has the better detective yeah. uh, detective mind, and um, um, his his way of thinking, uh, his logic is is more sound than yeah. Superman's. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I what I do like about, like he said, um, you know, who are the six? Yes. Uh, you know, we got. A few now. There were Shazam, Superman, Gordon, and well, I don't think Gordon was actually involved in the six that were made because Gordon was infected, I believe, in the sewer. Yeah. Um, when he in, was facing off with the Grim Knight. Yeah. So Gordon's not one of the six, I don't think. So I think no. they're gonna, I think they're gonna miss somebody when it comes down to it. But there's uh, Shazam. Gordon's infected. They had one for Superman, and then he's got one for Blue Beetle. Yeah. So that's four people infected, and I don't think Gordon was one of the six. Although you know what Su I mean? Superman infected himself, so... But it was still one of the six Batarangs. Okay. Ah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm following it, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, they're, I, think they're, I think they're doing, telling the mystery a little, a little bit better in this on on who's who and who is it than yeah. say that Leviathan you have four <laughs> issues of Oh my god. Who is it? Is it you? No. Okay. Is it them? No. Okay. Uh yes. Four issues of standing around talking asking, is it you? Is it is it him? Is it her? I found out more about Leviathan reading the action comics leading up to the actual event 
and I have in the event so far. <laughs> you know, um, uh-huh. have you read Leviathan Five? Yes. Yeah, well, we'll find out who they are next issue, I guess. I like how Superman well, has a bigger role, but... Final issue? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hope so, because Leviathan was born out of his, his book. books. Yeah. Uh, his action comics. So oh, I do like their logic. Hey, man, uh, we meant to do this while you were off Earth and just show you when you came back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and he's like, yeah, really? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think... Back, back to Ray's... Yeah, I, I've, I've been enjoying the book. I think this issue was a downset, but I don't think it was a bad issue. I'm just sick of the Batman who laughs being, you know, ooh, I'm 800 steps ahead of you. Because uh, as you said, it was predictable, you know. Um, whereas the bad guy getting a one-up on someone shouldn't be predictable, you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Which, like I think, like I, like I said, uh, in Justice League, how it keeps getting worse for them, I think it's it's done better there. Where yeah. the bad guy keeps getting a one-up, um, where the bad guys keep getting a one-up on all the heroes. Yeah. Better in that one than... So, you, I, I, I don't know, maybe just because you expect it, you know what I yeah. mean? Cause yeah. Because that's how no. he's been since day one, you just expect it, so it's like, it's become predictable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's that he's going to be, yeah, that he's going to be one step ahead, two steps ahead, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, have you seen the Flasher cartoons? Um, um, I have. Okay, um, cool. Because uh, I got probably my first exposure to Superman was the oh, Flasher cartoons. Nice. Yeah, the, just a VHS with a bunch of different old cartoons, like old Casper cartoons. And, yeah. And old Superman Flasher cartoons, and um, yeah. That was probably my first exposure. My one of my earliest memories of Superman is the Fleischer cartoons. Yeah. So, because uh, we have some feedback for the Fleischer cartoons uh, from last week that I'll read out before we get to the feedback for this issue. So, uh, from James Young, we have the Fleischer cartoons remain a favorite of mine to this day. I first saw a random episode on a Sunday afternoon as a kid. It blew me away. I was previously unaware of it and couldn't believe what I was seeing. Gorgeous. Fluid animation set to a bygone era of Golden Age Superman. Sheer perfection. Even as a kid, I knew I was gazing wide-eyed at art. Uh, yeah. Totally. Um, Basically the um, influence on why Superman flies. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they were the first ones to make him fly as well. Mm-hmm. So they thought him leaping around would look stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I heard. I heard they said it was easier to animate basically the flight as opposed to the yeah. leaping and landing over and over. Again. Yeah, that as well. Um, it's really interesting stuff when you read up on it. Uh, then let's see. Okay, so next we have feedback for the animated shorts from Rebecca. Uh, I only watched one of the cartoons and I really loved it, especially for its age. Just sat boggling at the fact that they made it in the early forties. Had such a feel of a radio show with pictures, and I appreciated it. Uh, they had fantastic voices. Sure, everything's moved on and we expect more, but I'd have happily grown up with this wholesome content. Uh, For yeah. sure. I mean, I honestly, if DC put out... Like, if they're... Because I like the DC animated movies, but their animation is kind of cheap sometimes. If they put out stuff like this for their <laughs> animated movies, I'd be pretty happy. Um, <laughs> right. But... Uh, yeah. 
I agree for sure. The the animation in the 1940s it it looks great. I mean, it's of its time, but yeah. it looks so good. Yeah, definitely. It's so fluid, kinetic. You know, you feel the impact of punches and stuff. Um, yeah. And um, next is from Ray again. Ray Zod. Uh, oh, Ray's um. He's been away on family business, uh, but he will be back next week for Superman Year One Three. Oh my! <laughs> we'll get to that. I, when we get... I only started it. I'm not done with it yet. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We'll be talking about it for a long time next episode, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, here's the message. So, yo, thought I'd drop my thoughts on the Flash cartoons. I've only managed to watch them just today. Overall, I'd say for an animated short from the 40s, these cartoons are top quality. Connor tells me, that's me, the budget provided for the show, and it certainly shows. The animation is of a quality which we don't see these days on serial network animated shows. But having said that, the animation too is very dated. For me, these animations hold the same nostalgic feel as Bugs Bunny or Tom and Jerry cartoon. They're good for what they do, but they don't necessarily hold up to what some modern audiences want or expect from an animated series these days. Don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing the Flash animations. Uh, for their time, they set a benchmark, but I guess they can't really be compared to the modern style and expectations of modern animated shorts. If you ask me, I'll gravitate towards more of the manga-inspired comic book animated shows like Avengers Confidential, or even the short animations featured on Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots. Both the writing and the animation compared to the Flasher series shows how far animation has come along since the 40s, but we can't compare, but if we can't compare these extreme comparisons of animation, uh, what it is then that I'd like to say about these Superman episodes. To me, this Superman show is fun, and the allotted time it does away with trying to be too complicated and we get a Superman fighting robots and punching electro and aesthetic rays. The stories are simple and innocent, and the animation is elegant. I'm not so inclined to gravitate towards this kind of animated show, but I appreciate the quality for its time, and can see myself watching this much like I'd watch those sentimental short episodes of Iron Man, The Hulk, Thor, which were made in the 60s, and were basically static comic images with limited movement. And those damn catchy themes, remember them? They were fun, fun shows. I'd love to see Superman represented in an animation in the style of manga or the original Thundercats animated series. But uh, I give the Flasher animations a solid 6.5 to 7 out of 10. Ray Zod. Well, thank you for the feedback, Ray, and thanks everyone for the feedback as well. Sorry if it feels like I'm rushing through these. I'm not. Um, there's just a lot of feedback, so I kind of am, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I mean... Uh, yeah, good feedback, Ray. Very well thought out review. I haven't seen uh, Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots, but I have heard it's really good um, and top notch. Uh, I yeah, I, I think this is better than most in terms of like I think it's better than most like DC animation coming out. I think it's better than all DC animation coming out these days, actually. But I'm not, uh, you know, I guess the other top tier animation I've seen is like. Uh, Aeon Flux from, I think it was the 90s or the early 2000s. Uh, I think it holds up, but there is some elements that are dated for sure, like when he winds his eyes to the X-ray vision, but uh, yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add, James? Or um, I mean, I I love the Fleischer cartoons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're great. Um, you know, uh, Every time you come across something, 
about about uh, how they made it and its creation. Yeah. You know, you watch you watch some of the special features. Uh, I can't remember which DVD it's on. It's been a while. Um, and you just the more information you find about them, they were like a massive achievement, and they've yeah they they've uh, given to the Superman mythos uh, something that's still different things that still are um, involved with the character. Today. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You see lots of nods to it. Uh, yeah, I think. <sighs> If we're just talking about like media adaptations, these are probably my favorite because they're just so simple and perfect. You know, they have no problems. They're just, uh, yeah. I mean, even the voice actor, you know. Oh yeah, he's, Bud Collier. Yeah, he's got such a high voice when he's you know, talking to Superman, and then his cadence totally changes, and, yeah. and his voice drops real low. And this is a job for Superman. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. just changes. Yeah, it looks no. like this is a job for Superman. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, they hold up, and I see why, like, a lot of, you know, it's still looked at today as an example of great animation. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I've got to check out this Love, Death, and Robots, because I've heard, I've heard good things from various people about it now, so. Never, never heard of it. Um, the title kind of turns me off, but. Whether you're a Superman fan or not, the Fleischer cartoons are a must-watch. Oh, absolutely. And for any Superman fan, you will appreciate them. Yeah, if you're a Superman fan, you haven't watched them yet. Get on that now. And if you're not a Superman fan, you should watch them just for the historical, you know. And plus, they're, they're great animations. They're ten minutes, like they're they hold up, you know. Um, so uh, yeah. Now uh, let's get on to the meat meat feedback, which is uh, well, we have two bits of feedback for this issue. So uh, this is Action Comics thirteen. Um, so. Uh, First feedback is from Rebecca Hart, who is one of my co-hosts on my Iron Fist podcast, and uh, she reads, It is so Morrison it hurts, but I appreciate him the more I read of him, and coming off Green Lantern, this felt quite natural to me. The narrative voice, the epic scale, the simply heartfelt story of Boy and Dog. I love having a Christmas story at Halloween. Why the hell not? And his ability to mix action with sentiment shows why he ended up writing a Christmas series, Klaus, which he comes back to every year. But there was enough here to make it Halloween. Spirits, the Phantom Zone, etc. Thought the resolution was a bit hurried and gobbledygook, but in a comic, se- but it was in a comic sense. And by then, you stopped caring because crypto. Backup was adorable. Definitely an issue I consider owning. Uh, yeah, um, Morrison's definitely someone you kind of recognise once you start reading <laughs> an issue. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you have absolutely no idea what's going on, and it <laughs> seems extremely complicated and possibly um, crazy weird. Uh, you're reading Morrison. Oh man, you like I love going on Goodreads and checking out reviews for the final volume of this run. People are uh, so angry because they don't know what's going on. <laughs> <They're> like, get <laughs> this book, and then you look at like. Reviews for Multiversity and stuff and Final Crisis. It's good times. But uh, thanks very much for the feedback. Yeah, um, I pretty much agree. Uh, def- on my first read, uh, I definitely thought the resolution was a bit rushed and I was a bit confused. But this was, what, like my third reading of it, so by now I'm kind of, you know, it doesn't feel rushed to me. I don't know if that's just because I've read it and I'm used to it. or um, But, uh, yeah, no, totally. And, you know, uh, Morrison loves his gobbledygook words like ecto-technology and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I, I actually asked her a bit about this, like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, the Christmas story, it, it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? Um, I think it does, because, you know, it's in the North Pole, it's kind of like, has like a nice ghost, you know, and it's kind of got like a sentimental heartwarming sort of feel of good triumphing over evil, uh, which feels pretty christmas me to me as well, um. So yeah. Oh, even on Halloween, the bad guy doesn't have to win. No, he Good doesn't. Guy can win on Halloween. Yeah. Especially Superman. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> some of the best horror stories have the good guy winning, but uh, you know, it was just it was like the very sentimental sort of Christmassy feel I got, especially considering it's in the North Pole and Superman lives next to Santa. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I haven't read Morrison's Green Lantern yet. But I'm quite excited to read it when I get up to it. Have you been reading that? Or? No, uh, that, that is actually one book that I have not read. Mm. Um, with the start of the Year of the Villain, um, I know they're a little farther. They started before that, but um, just keeping up with um, the issues that I buy and then the other issues that I would normally read. And then now, on top of that, reading which I'm even behind on it now, um, reading all of the tie-in issues for Year of the Villain, Yeah. where it covers so many books. I mean, you got Catwoman and Batgirl and um, Batman and Detective. Um, now Action and Supergirl are involved. Um, yeah. Uh, you got Terrifics and Hawkman <laughs> and Nightwing and Red Hood and the Outlaws, like, yeah. You add in more issues that you weren't exactly reading to to read all of the event books and Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Well, the, so I have not read Morrison's Green Lantern. I've heard mixed things, good and bad, but yeah. um I've heard good things, like mostly, but the bad things I've heard are from people who like the run, they just don't think it's accessible for new readers. Um, but I've also had the flip side that you can read it without knowing much, so I'm not sure. Uh, I've, yeah, I've heard it's like an anthology. Like, they, sometimes when you read it, it seems like maybe there's an overarching story, but a lot of the time when you read it as well, it seems like an anthology type story. I which guess, maybe could yeah. be partially explained by, I mean, partially reminiscent of of morrison's action yeah they kind of themed all over the place and but then maybe at some point it all kind of comes together at the very end it connected in a really crazy and awesome way which i won't spoil um but yeah maybe that's the same for green lantern it all connects at the end in a similar fashion because when action comics was coming out i remember people were frustrated because it was going all over the place mm-hmm. um jumping through time and stuff and wait is this story just standalone and then at the end you're like oh Every story is connected because of this. Yeah, like cause sometimes yeah. Superman's wearing his jeans and T-shirt, <laughs> yeah, and, and then some... at some point he's wearing the the Kryptonian armor, and like, and then it goes back, and you're like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> like the next issue, he'll just jump five years into the future, and you just got to like, roll at, with at it. At least with like Wonder Woman's, uh, I haven't read Wonder Woman Rebirth, but I know that every other issue was at a different time. So issue one, three, five, yeah. seven, whatever was one collected story of like year one or something like that. And then every other issue was another collected story of, I forget, I don't know, origins or whatever they have it. 
called. So like they had two stories going at the same time in different time periods, but it was, it was known. You knew what you were reading. Yeah. I mean, and this was another story that kind this issue we're covering, this was another story where it kind of jumped out and sort of stood alone, uh, because the previous issue was part of like the ongoing arc and then this story happens and it's seemingly unrelated. Um, but I think it was worth it because at the end, your mind kind of goes, <laughs> you realize <laughs> right. what he was doing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely what I was seeing. Like it actually connected still. <laughs> yeah. God, it was an experience reading it as it was coming out, though, because everyone was like, what the hell? This is great, but what the hell's going on? Like, I mean, you know, and people getting, I was getting frustrated too. I'm like, I, I don't get this. Where is it going? Right. But, uh, you know, it all came together. Uh, yeah, I was, I felt the same way. I mean, I read it faster, obviously, than it coming out. Yeah. But not like, not like sat down and read read a whole trade in 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 a day, yeah. You know, reading a couple issues a day or something, and then so even that spaced out. Just it's like this issue was here, that issue was there. Like yeah. it doesn't seem like it fits. And then so even after you know a week's worth of reading, you're you're like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the hell, Morris? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, I guess I want to point out why I'm here. So you can pick these up in trade form. And they've actually, they've released a, uh, an essential collection of this because they're doing like essential collections of like good starting points or well-known runs, like really good runs. But the collection of this only collects the first 10 issues. And I'm sure you'd know that that does not give you anywhere near a complete story. <laughs> Um, I heard that they were originally planning to release the full run, but then something happened and they needed to cut costs, so they only released the first 10 issues. But I don't recommend picking up that version because you need the whole story to get it, and the first 10 issues is like buying half of the death of Superman, you know? Yeah. Like, it'll just... It'll be like, hey, when's the next issue? Because it just ended. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, in the trays you collect these in... So the backup stories are like in the second half. They're all lumped together in the second half of the trade, which really annoys me because these backup stories are important to the main issues. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you are reading through it, I'd recommend just figuring out which backup story corresponds to what. And after you read an issue, read the backup story because otherwise it'll be an even more disjointed experience than usual. So. Well, that's kind of that kind of sucks because it's not it's not like like the backup issue of Shazam in the Justice League book. Yeah, they're where, not standalone. Like, like it, it it take it out completely. Like it has nothing to do with what happened in the book, and then all of these put together is one story. Yeah. As opposed to yeah, those backups like that 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 makes that does not make any sense. It doesn't, no. Um, which is why we really need an omnibus release of this. Uh, you know, all put in order. That'd be nice because I really want an omnibus of this. Uh, we do actually. I don't know if I said. Uh, there's a John Byrne omnibus coming. Uh, for his Superman run, and the other Superman titles at the time by Marv Wolfman and Jerry Ordway. I uh, definitely recommend picking that up. It uh, will collect. There'll be a couple of volumes of that omnibus. It'll go up to the Exile omnibus and the John Byrne run. I don't know if you've read any of that, but it's pretty good. 
Uh, no, it's on it's on my list. Yeah, it, it's really good stuff. Um, so just thought I'd briefly mention that. I'll put it in the show notes as well. I'll be pre-ordering that puppy when I'm not completely broke. Um, <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always been a I've always been a trade buyer since yeah. since I started reading, um, buying collections, buying stories, buying you know graphic novels as they are. Um, Elseworlds, Elseworld stories, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's how I've always read. So, you know, I've always like been behind on stuff. Um, I would just read it out of trades when it came in print. And so it was, yeah. like, it's not until Bendis here and Action 1000 that I've kept up on buying a handful of issues and, and things to keep up on with this specific story. Yeah. I'm similar and, to you, uh, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm reading a lot of New 52, but I'm going to be buying a lot of other New 52 trades, yeah. as it were, and and work on completing as much as I can of reading, you know, the New 52 and, yeah. and moving forward and from time to time throwing in some of the older stuff. Yeah. yeah. Reach, way, reach way back and then, but, you know. Yeah. Keep, keep up with keep up and and know the modern time stuff. Yeah, that's it's, it's good, good stuff. That's similar to how I'm doing things. I actually bought a bunch of uh, the new Fifty Two Superman trades physically. All the stories I liked, I bought. So I pretty much bought all of the Action Comics trades up to Truth. Nah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So uh yeah good it's also good that we're getting superman omnibuses that aren't just the death of superman over and over again <laughs> it's good that they're collecting not, different runs his only important story yeah like when exile came out that was awesome and now they're bringing out the stuff that goes right up to exile so you know it's, it's all good stuff from that era um the post-crisis uh so yeah um but our last bit of feedback here from Razod. Uh, so this is about Action 13. Hello, fellow sons. Just dropping some thoughts on Action 13 by Grant Morrison. Not a typical Halloween issue, but then I guess, but then again, I guess you should expect the unexpected with Morrison. The eloquence of his writing drew me in immediately, and I like the premise of Zardu as the Phantom King. Art was solid, and I like the style used to portray Superman. He doesn't come across as classically rendered, but he gives the impression of that sketchiness that you get from someone like, uh, Lenil Yu, so it reminded me a bit of Birthright from memory. Beasts of the story took an unexpected turn when it suddenly became a story about Superman and Crypto at the end. I realised Morrison laid the groundwork by having poor prints discovered near the beginning, but still, I found this competing with what I was under the impression was the main plot thread, that of Zardu. Having read the backup story, it appears the issue as a whole is more dedicated to the relationship with Crypto rather than Zardu, although the boy and his dog is a fine backup story. I feel I kind of, I was kind of misled as the expectation was for the return of the Phantom King. If anything, it feels as if Morrison got his wires crossed or that he changed his mind as to what theme tone he wanted for the issue. Maybe it was editorial, I'm not sure. Anyway, going back to the main plot, the mysterious aid for Superman in the Phantom Zone was interesting. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on him, if he's a caring Phantom Zone character or not. All in all, a solid, well-written issue, although I was lost a few times. How did Zadu fashion an exosuit from pure consciousness in the Phantom Zone? What's with the goggles in the Phantom Zone? Why the hell is... What the hell is this force of conviction that pulls Zardu? Where does it come from? I don't even think Morrison knows. I don't understand how Zardu's hand being an AI remembers Crypto specifically. Seems like a tenuous link even with the backup story showing Crypto biting the robotic arm 
Who was the dude striking a deal with Zardu at the end? Points for being different, 7 out of 10, Ray's odd. Alright, thanks Ray. Um, I, I think, I think the story fit together really well. Uh, I think Morrison had planned this from the start. I don't think, you know, the main plot was Zardu the Phantom King and Crypto helped him with that. And then he freed Crypto at the end, and then we have a backup story going more into their relationship. I don't... Yeah, I still think the story was about the Phantom King, and he, Crypto just helped him defeat him. Uh, I know for a fact there was no editorial involved in Morrison. They told him to do what he wanted with this run, which ended up really annoying editorial, uh, and it made George <laughs> Perez leave his book because he didn't know what was going on. Um... And, yeah, so it's it's actually a pretty interesting behind-the-scenes story because Dan Didio is like to Morrison, just do what you want. Uh, and he did, and then... But, like, the other writers and stuff didn't really know what to do for their stories, and it was a bit of a mess. But I think it's worth it, considering this is what we got. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, that's funny. You know, they always... Anytime they, anytime you hear companies like let off the let off the hook, let off the leash um, for their own creative ideas, and then when they tell a story, then they're all pissy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like let them tell the goddamn story they want to tell and get it over with. Like, you know, yeah. Get pissy pissy about it some people are liking it and other people aren't i mean and this happens in all mediums and like you know this is probably one of like this the reason one of the reasons this story works so is because this had no editorial meddling like this whole run you know it's just allowed to do what he wanted <laughs> take a leaf from that piece he get a good writer on superman let him do what he wants you know uh right Instead of just mandating this, he has to lose his powers, or he has to have his identity revealed. Um, but yeah, uh, right. one of the one of the greatest uh, collection of stories for Superman still that most people rave about is All Star Superman. Yeah, you're not gonna let that writer write Superman. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and like you know, when when you let him, I think they're letting him do what he wants with Green Lantern as well, from what I've heard. So. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, but like All Star Superman again, like he got free reign because that was an Elseworlds as well. So, and you yeah. know, All Star is considered by a lot of people the best Superman story there is. So, yeah, um, certainly a great one for for one of the last for for an interpretation of the last story of Superman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, fun fact: Morrison considers. Uh, All-Star Superman and his action comic Superman to essentially be the same person. Uh, even if there's some continuity things that doesn't line up, he considers this is what All-Star Superman would be like in his early days. So, oh, um, yeah. Cool. A cool little tie there. Um, kind of like his own little Millerverse, I suppose. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. why not? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, totally. Like, Snyder's got his Batman that stretches back from the beginning of New 52 through his his version of a of a last the last days of of Batman yeah. uh, in his last night, which has ties back to his New Fifty Two version. Yeah. So yeah. and also yeah. it, it gives this run 
even if it's eventually retconned, it gives this run that sense of it still exists, you know, um, which is nice because it sort of stands as its own thing in addition to being the current origin of Superman. So, mm. yeah. Um, as for all your questions, how did Zadu fashion an ectozoot from pure consciousness in the fan zone? Well, that's that ectoplasm, so is like the sort of otherworldly substance of ghosts. I'm guessing it's sort of an odd on that he just made. I mean, that's like asking how they invented all this stuff in the Phantom Zone. They're like super geniuses. You know, super villains trapped in this place. They'll, they'll find a way. They always do. Right, um, basically creating everything out of pure conscious. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Which is how Superman got the suit from him, because like, the suit was just made and powered from pure consciousness, so Superman was able to use it when he was a Phantom. Um... Uh, so yeah, yeah no, it, I, did, it did say something about when he was, when he was walking, like he was counting his steps, like it was, like he had to use, uh, powerful thought to try and move the yeah. suit because he's not actually moving it; it's moving by thought. Yeah. In, in a different, in a different way than like motor function. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is all Morrison or if this is like part of his Ray Bradbury sort of tribute as well. I'm not sure. Cause I haven't read any Ray Bradbury, so I wouldn't know. But, uh, mm. yeah. And, uh, Zoda's handing an AI remembering crypto. I don't know. Like it's, it's future tech AI maybe remembers, remembers the dog that bit the hand. <laughs> it's uh, called comic science. <laughs> comic science. science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of that. Yeah. None of this really bugs me much um especially on this read through like it all came together and made sense for me but uh yeah I, I, like i think a lot of these i would have held some similar opinions on my first read through of some of these issues um but you know kind of on rereads i just really take my time and go uh super deep into them so you know uh yeah also morrison's a crazy person who literally thinks magic is real but uh we won't go into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard some stories of some of his interviews. Like, yeah, actually, I was I have his book Super Gods, which I'm very interested to read. It's essentially, his autobiography. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so I think that was written before this came out, but uh, see what kind of acid trip spills on that page. Huh? Oh, totally. Yeah, have you read Flex Mentello? <laughs> Uh, no, no, yeah. um, oh, that's pretty crazy. I've, is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I heard his, his doom patrol run, which I want to get to, um, since the mm. show was heavily based off of. Yeah. His run. They even name dropped uh, him. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Morrison fans, Reddit. Yeah. Trolls. <laughs> they, yeah, Flex Mentello is part of his quote-unquote hyper-sigil trilogy, along with the filth and stuff, and I don't actually know what that means, so um, I'm sure it means something in some weird magical logic that I'm not aware of, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but no, um, Morris, Morrisonisms aside, I yeah, I still really love this issue. This is great. And I'm glad you enjoyed it too. It was an absolute pleasure covering this because it's from my favorite Superman run of all time. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on to discuss it. Um, I love Halloween. Uh, like I said it was it was written very well to uh, kind of stand 
um, stand out as, as like a ghost story. Yeah. A Superman ghost story on Halloween. Um, it, it felt that way. Um, it looked that way. All the ghosts, all the, the phantoms. Um, so yeah, it, it was a really good book. And, you know, I, that's the second time I've read it. Um, you know, probably within the last like six months as I go through my reading, like I read 25 issues of action. Then I went back and I read, started reading Superman, um, uh, from issue one. And I was going to go up about 25 issues and kind of go back. And then I got to like hell on earth and I kind of reached out to read the Superboy and Supergirl stories Yeah, that connected with that. So as soon as I'm done with that hell on earth run, I'll be right back into uh, Superman reading that issue by issue until I get to 25 and kind of go yeah. back and forth. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the various storylines and stuff. Um, I know once I get to Convergence, I'm not going to read everything. I'll read that all in one, in yeah. one thing because there's like 75 books or something that I, are all connected to Convergence. I didn't actually read Convergence. Uh, you don't need to read it. Uh, for like New 52 Superman's not in Convergence and uh, Lois and Clark offers like a brief recap of it to explain their presence um, so I skipped it yeah yeah. I mean there's there's a number of well just as a like a completionist type thing, yeah yeah fair um, enough reading it yeah. I mean there's a handful of issues with you know Superman and action issues um, yeah because it's like Convergence uh, from what I can tell and what I've heard it's kind of like a, a multiverse thing it is so yeah there's there's lots of versions of them around but it'll be good um, that you've read to... crisis on infinite earths uh i would read infinite crisis before you read it as well okay yeah <laughs> just to, okay. just to give you a heads up um, well funny thing i read final crisis before i read anything else i'm working on crisis on infinite earths as it is yeah but um you know that's an 80s story and it's and it's very convoluted i can only read you know so many yeah. pages couple issues and then i gotta go back to reading something else something more modern because they're written differently <laughs> yeah also uh also read emerald twilight and zero hour crisis in time i'll just send you these on facebook uh okay which will help yeah um so <laughs> thanks so much for coming on man it was really awesome to talk this with you especially since you're also a you know fan of this run and new 52 superman as well um uh, James, oh, sorry, I, Phil and Tyler couldn't join us today because of work and botch recordings, but I do appreciate them, uh, like offering to come on anyway and clearing out time for it. And I really appreciate, uh, Phil helping out earlier as well, um, while Ray's been gone. And, uh, man, Ray, I can't wait to see you back because I would have loved you on this podcast because, you know, to discuss all these things with you and tell you how wrong you are. But, <laughs> um, you know, it'll be good to do that in person. Actually, we'll probably be agreeing about a lot of year one, three, think I with, think. Um, I was going to say, you'd think with uh, his his cosmic love of Superman, you know, that some of Morrison's stuff would be more appealing. Um, oh, I think he enjoyed the issue. Uh, but, you know, um, yeah, we'll have oh, to... Sound, we'll, yeah, it didn't sound like he didn't. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I don't think this run would be up his alley right now. But later, I'm sure. Um, but like, Ray, we'll, uh, we'll talk with you when you're on next. Uh, hope, hope everything's going well. Uh, 
can't wait for you to be back on. And thanks again, James, for coming on. Thank uh, you. It was great. And yeah, until next time, guys, uh, spend Halloween with other people so you're not stuck in some thing of solitude and you get, you know, jumped by ghosts. <laughs> All right, nobody wants to be jumped by ghosts. No. All right, uh, happy Halloween if you celebrate it, everyone. See yous. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.